what do you think about when you hear the term soft girl? I think about my squishy post-baby belly that feels like a bowl of cookie batter when I poke it. But that is not what soft girl is referring to on the social medias. We're learning a new word today. Hashtag soft girl. A soft girl on TikTok and Instagram is a young woman who no longer wants to hustle. She doesn't want to be a girl boss. In fact, a lot of them do not want to work for pay at all. She just wants to perfect her skincare regime and do all the Pilates. And as one story said, lay in the moss all day with her lover. I just read a great, great piece on Glamour. This one is by the author and reporter Stephanie McNeil, and it's all about soft girls and their vibe. And frankly, it flip-turned my world upside down. Here is what this piece tells us about the soft girls, a term that I had never heard before. But I do genuinely think that these girls may be the gateway drug into the world of trad wives. Listen to this. For many Gen Z women who have entered the workforce during the past few years, their greatest dream is increasingly to have the chance to achieve nothing, at least by traditional capitalist standards. Welcome to the world of the soft girl, the lifestyle choice that many young women are now holding up as an ideal. The soft girl doesn't value the grind or getting ahead. She prioritizes slow living. Her days are filled with a nearly obsessive focus on self-care, from making the perfect morning smoothie to cozy cardio. Long-term, the soft girl dreams of making dinner for her husband, and, if she's got them, staying home with her kids. She's not interested in making partner or founding her own company. She's in touch with her feminine energy, her menstrual cycle, and her moods. Yeah, there are genuinely young women on social media who are striving to be trophy wives. And here's the thing. I want to send a little wake-up call to them. Girls, there are not that many rich dudes out there just dying to take care of you. I'm all for slowing down the hustle culture. It fucked me over in a lot of ways. I'm also for leaning out a little bit, for finding joy and bliss in your home and being a mom. But I also really want these young women to realize that they have to be financially independent. They have to make their own security and their own money because ultimately the world is not going to take care of you and a man probably will not either. These rich men that you're looking for, they're unicorns. I want to send a message to these young women, but, 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 there is always a but. There has to be a middle ground here. Because my generation, my lean-in hustle culture generation, a lot of us did get screwed over by our jobs. A lot of us are burnt out, and we are exhausted. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Is there a balance between leaning in and leaning out? I worry about the soft girls. And frankly, I needed to know everything about them. So, you know, I did what I always do. And I called up Steph McNeil. She's the author of this piece. And she is also the author of the wonderful book, Swipe Up for More, Inside the Unfiltered Lives of Influencers. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How you doing on this, on this Friday afternoon, this fall Friday? I'm good. I'm going to try and enjoy the weather before it rains for 
what my husband told me will be the seventh weekend in a row. Well, going out and enjoying the weather is very soft girl of you. That's true. That's true. Maybe I should just stop my workday and go out and lay in the grass or something. I read your soft girl revolution piece yesterday, and there is one line in it that for some women, they just want to, you know, roll in the roll in the moss with their lover. And my one comment on that is, girl, have you ever tried fucking in the grass? Because it is really scratchy. It is <laughs> not as sexy as you think it's going to be. But for our listeners who have not read your great article yet on the soft girl revolution, how young women are rejecting girl boss culture for a life of leisure, can you tell us what this is? What is, so what is a soft girl? So kind of the hallmarks of wanting to be a soft girl are finding a radical uh, revolution or, you know, freedom in saying, I know that I have the option to work really hard and climb the corporate ladder and do all of that as a woman. But I am choosing to not do that and instead focus on myself and my own happiness. So it's not exactly a return to women shouldn't be in the workplace or women can't be in the workplace. It's also it's almost like I'm too evolved to even want to be, you know, a CEO or, a, you know, super hardcore worker outer. I graduated from college in 2011, and it was very so you much... Were, you were 10 years after, about 10 years after me, mm -hmm. and then these girls are about 10 years, 10 years after, after you. Yeah, mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I guess when I started thinking about it, I started seeing the difference between that mindset and the mindset that, you know, I had, you know, when I was younger, where it was very much the culture of lean in. I think lean in came out right around the time I graduated from college. Um, the girl boss culture, you know, it was, you know, the original girl boss, Sophia Amoroso, it was Emily Weiss, it was Ty Haney, it was, you know, Audrey Gelman and the wing, you know, everyone, like girls who had no business paying for wing memberships that I worked with were paying for the wing just to feel like, you know, they were a part of this girl boss entity. Um you know, Hillary Clinton was running for president. It was very much this women need to, you know, take our space in the workplace. We need to work really hard. We need to be essentially working just as hard, quote unquote, as men do. Um, and when I was looking through the TikToks and the Instagram posts, I realized that that's really not what women are striving for anymore. And then I started to think, OK, well, why? Why is that? What happened? Um, and then that's basically what the piece is about, kind of explaining this new mindset and then trying to think, OK, why did this happen? What is this a reaction to? And, you know, is this actually a revolutionary way of being or is this just a, a kind of swing to the other side? And should we try to find it somewhere in the middle, which I think we should, obviously. Yes, yes. I think we need to find somewhere in the middle i do because i will tell you i am very burnt out on the hustle 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 culture 
That said, I am terrified that if I stop hustling, I will lose my income and not be able to support my family. So one of my big questions is how did these soft girls plan to make money while doing Pilates and perfecting their skin and laying in a bed of moss with their lovers and enjoying their existence? Did you talk to anyone about that? Right. I mean, that's kind of the most obvious question here, right? Is Yes. Okay, so who's going to pay for everything? And I think the answer to that is there's kind of levels of soft girl lifestyle. And it's Mm -hmm. also, it's kind of hard to know, you know, if push comes to shove, do these soft girls really want to give up their financial autonomy? Uh, Maybe not. Um, But I think that there are women out there, young women, who genuinely are striving to be trophy wives, legitimately. Yeah. Um, you know, someone who has really become extremely popular in social media in the past year or so is Sophia Ritchie. And her life is kind of the pinnacle of imagined soft girl success if you take it to, you know, kind of one extreme. You know, she's she comes from money. She, you know, grew up incredibly privileged. Now she has, I think she's 25, married a man who is also, you know, incredibly wealthy. He has his own business. He's kind of set up really well. I don't know if you or anyone listening watched her Vogue video of her day in her life. Um, I no. did and I found it extremely fascinating um, because... You know, she has a Pilates studio in her house. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to live in Brentwood when I first graduated from college. uh, And I could tell exactly where she lived as she drove around. And it's essentially one of the most desirable areas in Los Angeles, um, living in one of these mansions. Um, And she, you know, wakes up. She does her Pilates. She has a few business meetings. But, you know, these are passion projects. Clearly, they're not, you know, something that she needs to do to maintain her lifestyle. Um, She goes down and shops at, uh, I think it's Doan. Oh, Doan. Yeah. 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 She goes and picks out a few dresses. She comes home. And one of the big things is she has a couple of friends over and they sit around and make salmon for her husband. And then her husband comes home. She goes and sits on his lap. And, you know, her entire day is kind of focused on wellness, um, her well-being. And, you know, yeah, it definitely seems awesome. Like when I was her age and living in a 700 square foot studio uh, with no kitchen in Brentwood, like, yeah, it was it was not the same. Um, but, But, you know, there's something that is a little icky for, I think, a lot of women, especially women like you and I, who are a little bit older, to say, okay, you know, obviously that seems great, but, you know, we don't we don't need to be, you know, married to a rich man to be able to have a life that, uh, you know, fulfills us. Yeah, I have I have a lot of questions about about that. And first off, I think you just have to address the the elephant in the room. She's freaking rich. Mm-hmm. Like she's super, super duper wealthy. And 
This is a lot easier when you have unlimited money at your disposal. So whether or not, you know, that is coming from being married to someone or generational wealth. And I think that that all of these young women that are following her, she has more than 5 million followers. Like, you can't say, yes, of course, you too can do this because it costs, those Doan dresses are $400 a piece. And you simply cannot do this unless you are Lionel Richie's daughter. Right. And, you know, there has been this real, um, you know, popularity and fetishization of, you know, stealth wealth, quiet luxury, um, you know, kind mm-hmm. of being in this upper class that I think a lot of women are aspiring to. Um, but like I said, there's kind of there's kind of a, a spectrum. So mm-hmm. there's a soft girl spectrum. On the one hand, if you just take it to probably the lowest form of being a soft girl. What they're advocating for, I believe, is really healthy and great because I think there are a lot of downsides of obviously girl boss culture, hustle culture. Almost all of the girl bosses I mentioned earlier have had, you know, scandal and have had, you know, feature stories that led to their downfall. It's really, really hard to be a woman in the workplace still, and it's really, really hard to break these glass ceilings. Um, And that's not something that everyone can or wants to do. And I think that, you know, there probably is a lot of benefit in listening to your body, in trying to get enough sleep, in, you know, doing something like when you're on your period, not feeling like you need to punish yourself at the gym, doing something a little more um, soft and you know, self-care-y. You know, some of the soft girl TikToks I see, they're really just advocating, you know, not charting all the time, you know, making sure you're taking care of yourself, not feeling like you need to stretch yourself so thin. And that's a message that I think, you know, me as a younger person and me even now could really benefit from and, you know, take a lot of good things out of. Um, But... It's when you take it to these extremes of or a little further down the spectrum where it's, oh, if only I could not work and be a stay at home mom. If only I could be a Pilates princess. If only I, you know, had someone who could just pay for everything and I could live like Sophia Richie. And then, you know, kind of the extreme extreme end of the spectrum are, you know, basically trad wives, which, you know, we don't want anyone to fall into. No, no. Well, and that we're going to air this episode during what I'm calling Trad Wife Week on Hello. Over and Under the Influence. It is like Shark Week. Love it. Love but, it. But with homeschooling instead of hammerheads. And we're <laughs> on Monday. Uh, we talked to Anne Helen Peterson and this episode is airing on Wednesday. Great. And I do. I do think that Soft Girl feels like a gateway drug to Trad Wife in a way. And like you. I love the idea of finding balance, right? Like, I would just, I don't know, can there just be an Instagram trend of just a balanced human who tries to be kinder to myself, but also has a job because I don't think that women should drop out of the workforce. I mean, my biggest concern with 
soft girls. And I actually know a lot of young women who follow these accounts and they feel badly for themselves that they can't have that. It sets these expectations really high of, but, but I want this kind of life and I'm never going to have it because I literally have to work eight hours a day to support myself. And this is before they have kids or anything, right? And yet, because they're seeing Sophia Ritchie do all of these things, they want it. They want, want, want so bad for it. But it's not attainable for them. Right. I mean, that's kind of the pitfall of Instagram in general. Obviously, we wish that people could take a more nuanced view of everything like this. But often it is taken to these extremes. And, you know, there's part of me that feels kind of sad that the that we can't have balance in that way, you know? And I think a lot of that is kind of out of our control. I think this is also kind of a backlash to the fact that a lot of women, you know, do feel spread extremely thin, especially when they have kids. And it's really, really challenging. I don't know a lot of people who you know, can only survive on one income once they have children. And it's almost like that's become a a goal to strive for, again, because it is so unattainable at this point. And it is hard what women have to do, you know? And I think, you know, I I have a almost 15-month-old and, you know, so yeah, work or, you know, in other places, um, I feel like when you just have a baby, a lot of younger women usually will ask you things like, how is it really like I'm I and the thing I hear a lot is, you know, I really want to have kids, but I'm just so nervous about, you know, juggling everything. And I think it's something that's on a lot of women's minds. Um, and it's it's really difficult in our, you know, American system <laughs> to do it. Yes. Yes. It's difficult. It feels impossible a lot of days. I get asked the same thing all the time. I try to be very transparent, too, about money and how my life works. I We could not support our our lifestyle, which and I think you choose your lifestyle, too. Right. Like, what do you mm-hmm. want? What do you what, what what neighborhood do you want to live in? Like, how often do you want to go on vacation? The lifestyle that we that we have that I want, we cannot support it on one income. Mm-hmm. It requires me to work fucking ton. Uh, it also I also need to have full time childcare in order to be able to do that, which is ridiculously expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are getting it done. I'm exhausted a lot. I also am happy a lot. I love my life. I love the way that I've set it up. I try to have a good time with my kids. I say to young women all the time who are scared about having kids, you figure it out. It will be hard, but you will figure it out. Yeah. But I just, I do not think we can leave the hustle behind. And especially you and I know as people in media, I feel like we are reinventing our jobs every six to nine months on this constant new cycle. It's like, oh yeah, let's try a podcast. Let's do a doc series. Let's do a sub stack. And I don't want to raise, and by raise, I mean the way that we impact women in their 20s to become adults, because I don't think we're any of us are adults until we we reach our 30s. I don't want to raise a generation of women that think hustling is gross or wrong or bad. I think that hustling should be a part of your life. 
you don't have to want to be the boss, but you know, you should find work that's meaningful and fulfilling for you and um and also be kind to yourself if you can do that. I just ah ah this this got me really worked up. It got me No. But, it's sad. It's sad because I, you know, it's not personal, obviously, but part of me does wonder, are they looking at us and being like, well, you guys seem really stressed. How could we do this differently? And unfortunately, it's not really that possible. I say all the time um, to people in my life, I feel like I am so privileged in so many ways that I have a job that I like, that I you know, have certain skills that I've gotten to this stage of my career that I, you know, live in a nice neighborhood and have a good salary that can support me and have a baby and yada, yada, yada. But it's still really hard. And, you know, I don't know how much time you spend in online mom groups, but some of the, yeah, I mean, some of the, you know, I'm sure people know, but when you have a baby, you can join endless groups online if you want with babies that were born in the same month or series of months that your child was born. And when I read those, I just feel so incredibly privileged. Uh, You know, having a partner who pulls their weight and helps is extremely rare, like depressingly rare. Depressingly Um, rare. Yep. And, you know, some of the people that I would read, like I remember I would be, you know, I was really lucky. I got almost six months off. after I had my daughter and I would be reading, you know, Reddit when I was breastfeeding or whatever. And there were people whose babies, you know, our babies were three weeks old and they already had to go back to work. You know, things like that. And but that's the majority of the world. Like that is like the majority of the world has to has to work in some capacity when they have newborns. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and I, I was doing my book edits when I was on maternity leave, and I felt like I was on the best vacation of my life compared mm-hmm. to these people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's I, I do wonder how much of it is a reaction to kind of these societal problems. And it's just kind of a different way of trying to deal with the lack of support we have as American women, as American mothers. You know, in the piece I mentioned, uh, Marissa Mayer, who was the CEO of Yahoo at the time. And I always remember Yahoo during the time. Yeah. I I always remember how she had twins and like or I think maybe it was her first baby. I know when she had twins, she was working in the hospital, but I think she had her first baby and she kind of came out and said, I'm basically not taking any maternity leave. And. I mean, that wasn't treated like, oh, my gosh, amazing at the time. I think there were women who were like. That's not a great example, but I think if she if something like that happened now, the reaction would be a lot different. Yeah. Um, but that was kind of something to strive to, you know, Cheryl Sandberg saying, you know, that women kind of take themselves out of the workforce prematurely because they know they want to have children. Um, and I don't know. I, I think it hasn't maybe it hasn't worked out for a lot of people. I, too was doing my book edits while I literally going into labor and then after labor because you know what my book was due. So I feel like I have also been injected with this toxic hustle culture but then also I grew up in a very financially insecure household where 
both my parents worked, but my dad just spent stupid amounts of money on stupid things. You know, we like lived in this shitty apartment for a long time and and yet he would go and spend like $20,000 on like a vacation. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't go on it, but I'm sure it was really nice. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, my parents were always in credit card debt and my mom, but my mom like couldn't get it in her to control the finances. So I'm, I have it ingrained in me. I have this trauma ingrained in me of what I have to do to support myself if things were ever to go sideways. And that's my question for these soft girls, or not even the all of the soft girls, but really the ones on social media who want to be a Pilates wife or a Pilates princess. What happens when the guy's gone? Yeah. Because you really yeah. think he's sticking around? They don't always stick around, um, especially maybe when you're not a perfectly gorgeous 23-year-old Pilates princess anymore. And so that is what concerns me. Are, are these Pilates princesses then going to turn up, you know, when they're 40 and a little actually softer in the middle because that body does not maintain itself forever and be single and broke and have no skills. Yeah, it's really scary. And it's kind of a damning uh, critique of capitalism to realize that here we are, you know, a hundred years-ish after, you know, the feminist revolution or whatever, and women are literally like, no, I want to go back because this sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, But... Obviously, it is not great to be a trophy wife. It is not great to be dependent on a man financially. And I think that was the question that I tried to ask in the piece was, why do women feel like to take care of themselves, they need to give up their financial autonomy? And like, I don't think that those things need to be mutually exclusive at all. Time for a quick break. When we get back, we are going to try to find the middle. We are going to try to find that soft, jiggly place for us to all land where we have our own money, our own 401ks, and we can love our husband but not be totally dependent on him. Sign. And we're back. We're back with more more soft girl talk. When we left you, we were asking, is there a middle ground? Is there a place in between checking out of hustle culture and burning yourself out? Can you be a hot Pilates mom and also a best-selling author? I'm asking for a friend. Just, yeah, it's not me. A lot of social media is kind of absurdist humor and over-exaggerations. So, I mean, do I think that People who say, I want to be a soft girl. I want to be a Pilates mom going on my hot mom walks. Do I think that they're actually practicing what they preach? No. But I do think that kind of the fetishization of these roles probably isn't the most great thing ever. (laughs) Um, And it, you know, I think it does need to be I think that we do need to kind of reframe work a little bit um, as opposed to, you know, it being so I think that it just demonstrates 
There's a lot of hopelessness in the workforce right now, I think, especially for young people. And, you know, what can we do to make it so women don't feel the only way they're going to be able to get the life they want is to find an older, wealthy man? Because that's just really depressing. Is there a way to do it and to live a life that is balanced where you, you know, do get to spend the time you want taking care of yourself, but also can find success at a certain level that can sustain the life you want? That's what we that's what we should all all strive for. We really we really should. I I just I'm I'm reading this one paragraph of of your piece about these videos extolling the virtues of quote unquote soft living with quote unquote stroller moms in her quote unquote mom era going on quote unquote hot mom walks. And it also fetish it fetishizes an idea of motherhood that I don't really believe exists. Yeah, because I look, I like being with my kids. And in fact, after reading this piece and with everything terrible going on, going on in the world, I felt I'm like, you know, I want to spend the afternoon doing something nice for my kids, nice with my kids. And so I surprised my son at school and biked him and his buddy over to the Philadelphia Zoo. And we went to the zoo for the afternoon. It was lovely. It was really nice, you know, and we had a great time. Granted, I had a full-time caregiver picking up my other child from school and watching my baby. And then my husband at 4.30 took over from her to watch our toddler and our baby so that I could be at the zoo until it closed with the two boys until 5.30. That that was the juggle, right? And that costs Mm -hmm. money because that means my husband stops working at 4.30, which a lot of men with the kind of jobs that can support a family um, cannot do. And we're paying a caregiver for those other hours to get our children. So this, there is also money spent to be able to do that. And I loved doing that, but I don't like, I don't necessarily find great joy in just walking with my baby with the stroller. I do it when I have her and I need to work out or I don't find (laughs) joy in just sitting on the bench at the playground. I think that like, I think there's a false narrative about how joyful some of this stuff actually is. Maybe, maybe other women do. Maybe I'm the anomaly. No, I, uh, it's funny you mentioned that because the original way that I wrote the piece was a lot more first person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my editor and I were like, actually, I interviewed enough people. I'm just going to take myself out of this a little bit. But um, I did have a paragraph in there where I talked about the fact that it's interesting watching something you do every single day be so fetish fetishized fetishized mm-hmm. fetishized um, it's a hard word to say fetishized i don't know i don't know um on social media cuz i was watching you know video after video of uh hot mom walks stroller mom mom era um i go on lots of hot mom walks mm-hmm. i'm definitely in my stroller era and I agree that part of me was like, oh, yeah, they're right. You know, there is something really fun and nice. And I genuinely like going on walks with baby and, you know, doing all of that. Um, But it is a lot harder than they say. I don't know. I just think it's interesting to see something that is at its core extremely mundane be propped up as this kind of 
amazing ideal. Um, and I think that, I don't know, ask, I'm going to uh, tell me what you think about this, because I also kind of wonder if there's a little bit of a backlash, I would say about 10 years or so ago, when like kind of digital media was really coming up, there was this big online swell of discussion and articles about motherhood that was basically meant to strip away the ideals and demonstrate how difficult it can be. Um, you know, I'm thinking of things like Scary Mommy, mm -hmm. uh, that kind of stuff. You know, there was kind of this outpouring of uh, personal essays and stuff like that from moms being like, it's really hard to be a mom. Yes. And I think all of that is incredible. And I have really resonated with a lot of that media. But part of me also wonders if some of the media around motherhood online has kind of gone a little too far where they see make motherhood seem terrible. Yes. Yeah. And I know when I got pregnant, I was really nervous because I think of the rhetoric that I had read that I just felt like every time I was on the Internet, it would just tell me something horrible that was going to happen to me when I was pregnant. Like breastfeeding, it's going to be so terrible. And it's like it's hard for, to, for me to even kind of vocalize slash like think about how I want to say that, because on the one hand, I think it's amazing that people are sharing these realities. And there is so much about being pregnant, breastfeeding, all of that kind of stuff that can be really, really challenging. But I think there's also a lot of joy in it, too. Um, so part of me also kind of wonders if this kind of crap of Gen Z slash younger millennial moms are also kind of flipping that a little bit where they're kind of trying to, you know, make motherhood seem idyllic again. I don't yeah. know. That's just something I've been thinking about. Um, and that's kind of another thing where I'm like, can we be real about the challenges of motherhood and can we stand up for ourselves? under this American system where mothers have so little support, but also make it so we can not scare people. I don't know. What yeah. do you think? I think that motherhood is wonderful, terrible, beautiful, awful. I think we do deserve to have narratives about the hard parts, but we've maybe also made it seem so hard that we're making making younger women terrified of having kids. And I love my I love my kids. I like motherhood so much more than I expected, to be honest. Same. I really Same. I really genuinely like my life. And I like to say that as often as possible because I think there's a place where you can be successful and enjoy your career. And there's a lot of privilege involved in that. But uh also enjoy motherhood and enjoy being a partner and a wife, hopefully. I mean I like my husband at least 50% of the time. Which I think is 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 saying a lot. And that's that's what I want to promote to young women. I don't want to promote things like the quote that I see in your story on Glamour. I'm teaching my daughter it's perfectly acceptable to depend on a man. That's the right. thing that I do not that's what I I mean, that's where I draw the line. No, it is not perfectly acceptable to depend on a man. I women women still if you don't want to be a CEO, that's great. But you need to be self-sufficient because a man can and oftentimes does leave you. Absolutely. And I think the ironic thing as well is the happiest parents I know are the ones who 
both parents are involved in the day-to-day raising of the kids. So I think the most equitable marriages are the ones where parenthood, to me, is the most enjoyable for both parties. So, but that's kind of, and like, that's not really what soft girls are advocating for. You know what I mean? No, like, no, they're not. A trophy husband is not going to take care of your kids. Like, nope. stereotypically, nope. maybe there's some guy out there who's making 500K a year and is also <laughs> getting up in the middle of the night, but that's not something that typically is the stereotype. Um, But in reality, the friends that I have whose husbands are equal partners, which I I kind of don't want to say equal because I also think like there's some things that, you know, especially in the beginning, men just can't do and they can do other things. But I think if you expect a hundred percent equal partnership, you're going to be disappointed in the beginning. Um, But yeah, those are the moms that I know that seem the most relaxed and the most I don't know, happy, balanced. And that's not really what is going on. You know what I mean? I I completely agree. And I also think that there is an overestimation of the amount of men out there making $500,000, the amount of men who can support an entire household on, on just their salary. Because, you know, if your husband is, you know, even making six figures, right now that's not necessarily enough to Mm -mm. support an entire family and that's frankly i mean that's a really 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 good job in this country again Mm -hmm. we're not talking nearly enough about you know wealth inequality here there there are not just an unlimited amount of rich men who can easily support you that's not the not not the fact of life so again that seems like such a fantasy that I, I really I am afraid that too many, too many young women are buying into. So, huh, I mean, I think that this conversation is a really good start for us trying to figure out how to fix it. We do. I do. We yeah. Just wanna, just want everyone to have balance and also your own 401k. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I think one of the interesting things about right now is there's a lot of upheaval in a lot of industries, but there's also a lot of opportunities. And so I think that another thing that I kind of found interesting, and this kind of goes back to, you know, some of the reporting I've done in the past in my book was like, a lot of the people who are really all in on the soft girl lifestyle and really advocating for it, one of the reasons why they're able to do that from what I've observed is because they're making a ton of money being influencers. So I don't really know what that says. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, even the quote unquote trad wife who I interviewed in the piece, she's hustling. She might be yeah. a trad wife, but she is making money on her TikTok 100%. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you're not you're not not working. And I said this when I when I talked to Anne Helen Peterson about trad wives on Monday. They're content creators, which we well know is a full time job. So you're right. not. So you're not actually dependent on your husband. And there is a hole in your logic. If these young women can make money being a soft girl and support themselves, I'm all for it. But you're lying when you say that I want a man to support me because you are working. It's, and it's work. 
Absolutely. And I don't know. I, I'd, I'm not knocking them, but I do think it's a little disingenuous to have an entire platform dedicated to soft girl, soft living that you're making a ton of money off of. And I know that you're hustling on, you know, in your own way behind the scenes mm -hmm. and then say, well, everyone should be like me and not work. Um, mm -hmm. Because you're working. Because you are, you're working. Yeah. You're working. So yeah. that's also something I think to keep in mind when you're looking at these accounts is, okay, but, you know, if you have 9,000 Instagram followers, you know, that didn't happen to you overnight. So let's mm -hmm. unpack that. Let's unpack that. And also, do you look like that? That's the thing. Like, these women look ridiculous. I don't even want to call them attractive anymore because they look attractive in this way that is attractive on social media. And it's not... I, my my husband looks at some of these accounts when I force him to, and he's like, they look like fembots or like like they look like robots, to be honest. So the, right. the idea that just anyone can do this, but when we know that content creators, you know, tend to be successful when they do have these teeny tiny tight bodies and a certain kind of look and a certain kind of face and also a lot of money for a lot of Botox and plastic surgery and all of those things. And maybe I'm generalizing. But those are my just gut feelings when I look at a lot of these accounts. Yeah. I mean, the Instagram face, Gia Instagram Tolentino. Face. Yeah. She, yeah. uh, yeah, she, she really nailed it. And it, it exists in perpetuity, it seems. It exists in perpetuity. And I do, and a lot of the young women I know in my life spend all of their disposable income to look like that. All of it. Yeah. On makeup and eyelashes and fillers. When they're in their 20s, you don't need fillers in your 20s. I need fillers because I'm old. You don't need fillers, 20-something girls. Uh, and we were actually, Yeah. We were actually talking in the office yesterday that apparently among the, I guess you could call them preteens, but really children. And I don't mm. know. I don't know how old your kids are, but. They're babies. They're six yeah. four. They're six four and baby baby. Yeah, so they're a little too young. But uh, someone was saying that they know you know girls who are like eight and ten, and they want like skincare for Christmas. They want like no, drunk no. elephant. And that's and with that, that's another episode, Steph. And we're yeah. gonna have, we're gonna have to have you back. Has skincare social media gone too far? Oh if my gosh! Eight, if an eight year old wants some drunk elephant for Christmas. Probably. Probably. <laughs> That's all we got for today. And now I'm terrified that my four-year-old is going to ask me for Drunk Elephant for Christmas. Shit. Shit. I am going to put my foot down at serums for four-year-olds. Or maybe I should start a new business. Toddler tightening cream. Please, please, please order Steph's wonderful book, Swipe Up for More, Inside the Unfiltered Lives of Influencers. And as always, you are very welcome to pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance, because apparently I have a lot of skincare products to buy for Christmas. Go forth and be soft.